Hi, my name's Dan Skinkus, and this is I Have a Story to Tell. Welcome to I've Got a Story to Tell with Dan Skinkus, Season 1, Episode 2. I want to go back numerous years in uh, Henderson, Nevada. We had a club for kids, uh, children with drug and alcohol problems, and we were quite active in all areas of the town. And over in the, um, in the government housing, there was a lot of the gangs were emerging out of that. And those young gang bangers used to come into our club and do break dancing because they were so hungry they needed food so they would come into our club and we would embrace them and love them and got uh, well known uh, between the gangs at the time that we had a heart for their children so that broke loose with a um, great uh, revival we thought in Pittman, Nevada, which is approximately 15 miles from Henderson, and you have to go through Pittman to get into Las Vegas. It was at the fire company, huge uh, auditorium, and we put out flyers for months and months about how we were going, and we got the word that everybody's going to show up for this thing, and... Uh, the rival gangs were even going to show up. And uh, a lot of times the flesh takes over and thinks, got it now. I have this whole thing under control and God's going to do great and marvelous things. Well, God does great and marvelous things. It's just not like we think they're going to be. Um, so I'd like to tell you about a little girl. This little girl was insignificant in our plans we didn't know her we didn't know what she looked like we didn't know anything about her the day comes at uh, loading up a u-haul truck with all our musical equipment and it was quite laborious because of the heat of august in las vegas nevada so we piled all this equipment in. We got all the band members together. We prayed. We were up. We were extremely up for this time. We, we spent months of promotion. We spent a lot of money to get the U-Haul, and we did not have a lot of funds at the time. So that was a lot of money to us, but we were so happy that we we're going to serve the Lord. So the day comes, the hour comes, uh, 9 in the morning. We're going to present it at 12 o'clock. We set all our equipment up in the fire station, and the first guitar that sounded, all there was was, because of the acoustics within the fire company, the, uh, it was terrible. It, we, we couldn't. We tried to reverse the reverb on the board. We tried all the technical stuff that may cure the problem, and nothing did. So we're waiting for people to come, and a couple people looked inside, and nothing. Nothing. 
we uh, waited another half hour and nothing. And we were sort of guaranteed people were going to come. So my attitude took over, quite annoyed at all of it, really annoyed. And being hot, and we tried to play a few times, and it just was a terrible experience. So I said to God, Lord, this is it. This is it. Uh, the way it turned out, that wasn't it. God had another plan for Dan. As I'm packing up the equipment in a rage of anger, throwing my equipment into the truck, disheartened, mad, discouraged, I'm looking at all the other people that willing to give their time, and we're all looking at each other. And uh, I felt responsible for the outcome. You know, I, I truly did because I got all these people together. See this little girl coming. Ever see, I, I raise daughters, so I always see these little legs coming to me. She must have been five. And I'm throwing this stuff in the truck. She says, sir? And, like, I tried to ignore her. Like, that's all I need right now to talk to a little kid. I, I don't need this, Lord. I'm throwing the equipment in, and she says, sir, sir. I said, what? She said, why are you leaving? No. When she said that, the Spirit of God hit me. Ton of bricks. Um, I say we're leaving because we're, you weren't in there, but you couldn't hear a thing. And then I turned around. She says, sir, sir. What? She said, I heard everything. I heard everything you said about Jesus. She says, in here now, I have him in my heart. God said, that's who I sent you for. So I learned an invaluable lesson not to look for outcomes as I plan them because the least insignificant thing in my flesh attitude becomes the most important thing in God's plan for a little girl to find Christ. Never saw her again.
Welcome back to I've Got a Story to Tell with Dan Skinkus. You know, as I woke up this morning, I was thinking, what am I going to say that has any value? And then God reminded me of all the value that my life has had, my stumblings, my getting up. Um, and all of those issues that I'd like to talk about today are, I'm going to start from the beginning. We're going to encapsulate a lot of the time frame, so I'm not here for a few days trying to talk about what my life was about. Um, I have to go back when I met Jesus at 26 years old in a little Baptist church. And from that point on, the first year was a wonderful, grand experience. And um, then some things occurred in my life where I got resentful. And there's something about getting resentful about God that there's a penalty you have to pay. He still loves you but you have to walk that road of resentment. And so I went back to my uh, alcohol that I've learned earlier in my life to deal with life. My whole relation dealt that way with their life. They drank alcohol, that's what they did. So I went back. And the hard part of drinking and walking back into that life is once you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit loves you and loves you and loves you in your dysfunction and he draws you back not by anger not by but the discipline of love he shows you what that truly means in your life is your discipline by his love so to bring it forward uh, stumbled and fell first 10 years of my life ended up in the rooms of AA it was the answer for direction the direction that God showed me through those people and taught me about the addiction problem and the process was that um, the only power that was there in my life to get me out of it was the Lord that I had already. And I couldn't get it right away because there was another process, but that process didn't work, but Jesus never left me or forsook me. Ironically, in those days, there was a revival in AA rooms, which was incredible in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I cannot tell you how much uh, res resentment at times that there is for Christians in all areas, but there is sort of a uh, standard in AA that you can't cross over. There was a revival at the Annie Oakley AA Triangle Club of 50 people in lawn praying on our knees. It was exciting times. That Spirit of God moved through the rooms of AA. And that's where I met my wife and we uh, got married and went through all of that recovery together. And still to this day we're both sober 50 years later, which was just, and, and, and her calling is for the streets. So saying that to get to this point, I'm going to go revisit Pittman, uh, Nevada again, which I thought this morning, Lord, how are you getting me back to Pittman again? Well, he had to remind me of the fact, the Holy Spirit had to remind me of the start of my street ministry, what started in Pittman, Nevada. To that point, we were out ministering into the, into the church's missions and detention centers. Uh, everywhere we could go to spread the news about Jesus Christ, we went, we started a little band, 
And that's another story uh, and went into California into the care unit hospitals with this ragtag band and they were all young kids and I was the old man in the band and they wanted to play Jesus heavy metal that they wrote themselves. And that sounds like who's ever going to come to Jesus with heavy metal music? But when it has Jesus in it, and that's all it had in it, many people came and found Christ. <clears throat> so, that was the calling. And as we got back to Nevada, my wife had this dream and went into the pastor's office. Of all things, a dream and in the pastor's office, you know. She says, Pastor, I had a dream and God showed me I was sweeping in, sweeping in people. And he, she, he said to her, Pastor Frazier said to her, I don't know, I have no idea what that means. She was asking, do you know what this means? No. So we went on the road for a year after that point. Went into missions, prisons, and detention centers from here to... Uh, uh, Florida. And as we uh, came back off of our tour, um, a year later, <laughs> my wife walks into his office and says, Pastor Frazier, hi, how you doing? She says, do you know what it means, that vision? He says, yes. A year later, yes. Without hesitation. That means there's people out here in the desert, a hundred of them, homeless people, go out there and sweep them in to the church. Bring them here. Well, anyway, ironically, they built this brand new church. When we were in the process of leaving, this whole new church was built, uh, pristine with all the seats, clean as a whistle. And... Uh, we start bringing homeless people from Las Vegas, Nevada to Henderson, Nevada in a 16-person van that needed five to eight trips to transport people back and forth. Previous to that, I was not too interested in homeless people. We were in the prisons. We were in the detention centers. I loved all of that, but homeless people? You talk about pride and ego in a man that has uh, alcoholic recovered in God's grace and mercy brings him out of all of that and has this attitude towards homeless people. Well, let me tell you, this is the story. This is the grand finale of Pittman, Nevada. So, one day I'm laying on the couch and... Uh, my wife says to me, you know what? We should start a homeless ministry in Las Vegas. I go, yeah, because she was a street kid at 12 and was abused by those streets and every person that was out there that she met. She says, let's go into Las Vegas. So she put a little bag together with a Bible track, a sandwich, and a cigarette, and a dollar bill. So on the way down there, oh, and I'm laying on the couch, so Holy Spirit says, uh, I say, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go. You know, those people are there just because 
they want to be there. Oh no, they're there because they don't want to work. They're there, and I went on and on. Everything negative I could say about another human being, that's... No, holy shit. Holy Spirit said, get up. Who is it? Who is it? Never heard that. Get up. Every fiber of my being knew that I had to get up and go. With all the resentment I had about going, I said to myself, Lord, you know, I went into the missions and I went and I'm whining like a little baby. I don't want to go on this. I had enough. I don't want to go. Again, it was get up and go. So I get in the truck. I'm thinking, Lord, I don't want to see a homeless. Don't show her any homeless people. She used to jump out of the truck, run towards this homeless person, grab a hold of them and love on them. And I'm thinking she's going to get the knife one. She's got... She's putting herself in danger. And so uh, we get in the truck. We're going, heading for Pittman. And I know Pittman has, there is a homeless population there. Not too often do you see them. So I say to myself, Lord, if you love me, you don't let a homeless person show up. Because I know it's going to happen. So out of the corner of my eye, we're heading towards Pittman. I see this poor homeless soul. At that time, I didn't say that. At this time, I do. This poor homeless soul was standing in the street on the left-hand side. He must have not had a bath or a shower. Six months hair standing out, never forget him, a large black trench coat on. Looked like his tendencies were towards schizophrenia. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, this can't be. No, I know she's going to see this. I know. Lord, let's get out of here. So I start accelerating, thinking she will. And she said, She says these words, there he is, like personalizing this person with her, like she was waiting for this guy. And I'm thinking, man, that is crazy. She said, turn around. So I turn the truck around, head back. I'm thinking to myself, I got to get away from this guy, like 30 feet, 40 feet, something away from so there's room. Uh, this is the insanity that I, because of homeless people, homeless people. Then I don't have the car, the truck shut off and she jumps out the door and is running towards this guy. And I look in the rear view mirror saying, Sharon, you're crazy. You can't hug this guy. There's no way you're going to hug this guy, are you? In my mind. She hugs this guy. He starts crying. She starts crying. The Holy Spirit says these fatal words to me. 
get out of the truck. No, don't tell me to get out of this truck. Get out of the truck. No, I'm not. I'm not elabor I'm not elaborating this a bit. I'm not putting any bows on this. So I'm walking towards this guy. And you ever were in one of those? You were driving movies where the clock goes tick, tick before you tick before the movie starts. That's all I can remember in my head, my whole being. I'm walking towards this gentleman. Nine. Eight. And it's like I'm going, and, and I'm in slow motion. I'm like seven. And, and I'm heading towards this guy. And I'm looking in his eyes. I'm, I see his eyes from 20 feet away. 10 feet. Clock's ticking 10 feet. I'm within range now of this guy. I'm in close. I mean, closer than I want to be. But there's something drawing me towards this human being. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, something's happening to me. The whole, this Holy Spirit's washing through me. All my defenses are going away. All my fear is going away. Everything's going away that's keeping me from this this gentleman and I'm within eye range I'm within nose range and I'm looking in his eye and the Holy Spirit says look in his eyes and I look in this guy's eyes and I can't explain what the transition was but it's, it felt like this within a second I was within him and he was within me and when I came apart we were like together we were sounds insane we were together like I understood him because I was him and he was me it was another human being that was broken and I was that and he was that I hugged him I loved on him it was crazy got in my truck we went downtown all of a sudden I'm walking up to these homeless guys, like, no fear, no judgment, nothing. I see their plight. I see everything. And, you know, 15 years after that, I can't sit here and talk about all of what happened. But from that day on, it was walking into a a yard in the St. Vincent's on Cheyenne and Maine with 150 homeless folks. I hate homeless, people without homes. People don't have a place to rest their head and that's what Jesus said. People like that. And they're my friends. I'm in love with them. I care about them. I wanna be with them. You know, only God can do that. I've got a story to tell is a podcast of Presbypod, a production of Aunt Betty's Studio, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Carson City.